Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are thrilled to have you with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Who's our faithful barista? Cam Clutter's our faithful barista. (laughs) And today in the cafe, we're going to talk about cultivating holy habits and growing virtues with our good friends, licensed professional counselor, David Locke, and Catholic life coach, Maggie Wright. Good morning. (laughs) Amanda, how you doing? Quite well. Start us with a prayer. Yes. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for another day, for your goodness, for your blessings, the ways that you are meeting us at each moment in each day. We ask to be attentive to your gifts and to your graces. Lord, we ask in in those rough moments of our day that, that you remind us to turn to you, that we can draw strength from you. We thank you that you are always leading us closer and closer to you. And we ask for faithful hearts. And we ask for the desire and the courage to grow deeper and deeper in virtue. To become more and more like your son. And we offer this prayer through Christ and in the name of Mary and in the, and through the arms of Mary. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amanda, you had a full day yesterday. I really did. Yeah. Um, I went out to Bishop Flaget. Flaget. To do the Divine Mercy chaplet recordings with the fifth graders there. So that was a a drive to get out there, and it was nice. I stopped by um, St. Mary as well as St. Peter just to say hi to the staff there and let them know that, you know, AM820 loves them even though we're far away. (laughs) Um, So that was really nice. And part of the, part of Chillicothe also listens on eighty eight point three FM. That's correct. So, yeah. yeah. So, so we have Chillicothe covered. Right. And so went out there to just show some love and thank them for their support and got to spend some time with the fifth graders. So looking forward to hearing them when when we get those recordings up. I can't wait to hear them. Yeah. And uh, I also had volleyball last night. And how'd it go? Uh, it was my second day. Um, being a part of the team. So this is my second game. And I think it went fairly well. I have a very supportive team willing to just coach me. So did you win? No, <laughs> but we had fun. You're over. And, and my skills are getting better. So Well, that's good. <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. And you weren't injured. That's good. That's right. What's the name of the team again? <laughs> uh, getting diggy with it. <laughs> Good one, right? <laughs> uh, How was your evening? It was great, actually. I uh, went out to dinner with three of the guys from my men's group. Oh. Yeah. Alan, Mike, and Andrew. And we had a nice meal together and just hung out and caught up with each other. And yeah, it was just, yeah, good. Some good fellowship, huh? It was. It was uh, a very nice evening. And then I came home and I got to see Ellie. Who's out in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota? If you're following along at home, at the University of Mary, and uh, hadn't seen her since they left on Saturday, so we were able to 
harness the power of FaceTime. Nice. Got to see her room and how she's settling in. And yeah. did did your wife and daughters get her all set up with all the decorations in her dorm and everything? Incredibly well. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and right away, I'm thinking is okay. How are we going to store it at the end of the <laughs> semester? I jump right to the, you know, to, <laughs> to the, the practical. Dad questions. Yeah, and uh, uh, and what are we going to bring home? Right. So, yeah, but it, it's it's nice. She was invited to participate in a new flute quartet. Hmm. The music director there saw uh, her audition tape, and invited her, and then she auditioned for the big band that they have on campus uh auditioned got first flute no way she did yeah yeah they have 11 flutes this weekend or this uh this semester so very excited yes big things ahead i think yeah and a full day of classes so and it's cold (laughs) that's true i know we're not going to talk about weather though (laughs) (laughs) and i was uh praying this morning and the chapter, uh, I'm working through the Gospel of Mark and mm-hmm. came across uh, uh, chapter four in Mark, uh, the parable of the sower. And I thought maybe we could uh, pray through this because I think it fits very nicely with our topic today on holy habits and uh, growing in virtue. Should I read it? Sure. All right, we're picking up here in verse 2. Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it had not much soil, and immediately it sprang up. Since it had no depth of soil, and when the sun rose it, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. What about that struck you today? New Year's resolutions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, how, how are we um, preparing, I guess, uh, for us to welcome the word uh, right. into our lives? And I think this, this parable gives four scenarios here, you know, just along the path where there really is no soil and it's picked picked out right away. The rocky ground where it really couldn't take root. Thorns where there's things working against the growth, you know, the seed growing. And then finally, good, good soil that's been worked to prepare for a seed to grow. Mm-hmm. So just thinking of, you know, those areas that, you know, 
have desire to change, have desire to grow, but desire isn't enough that there's actually work involved mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in growing in virtue and, and, and making life changes and transforming your mind. Yeah. You know, St. Paul says, um, and, and that's where the work comes in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've been kind of joking about this idea of resolutions mm-hmm. um, just this past week and since New Year's. and We've been joking. You take it pretty seriously. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, just, and I had shared previously that I'm not really someone who does New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. but not because I'm against resolutions, but maybe more so the stigma around just like what happens when you do a new year's resolution and then it just kind of peters out and you just, you know, and I, I think some of that is doesn't take hold, right. Doesn't take hold. And that's yeah. why, you know, this, this scripture passage kind of reminded me of the, that continuing conversation that we've been having. Um, and this idea of resolution typically in a more worldly sense of new year's resolution has to do with, my manpower and my will and mm-hmm. what I'm going to do and what I'm going to accomplish. And I mean, no wonder that they fall short so often. Right. Or yeah. And I, there's, I think there is something to, like you are saying, Dave, this transformation of the mind, putting on the mind of Christ and asking for his graces to become formed mm-hmm. into his image and likeness. And that's through the virtues. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I was also, as I was also thinking about this show too, Amanda, a similar thought struck me that I think New Year's resolutions and the idea of that that we have as a society at large gives people permission to fail and not pick it back up. Mm. Because I think at least the most of the people that I've met in my life when they say, oh, this is my resolution for the new year, whether it's two weeks in or two months in or whatever, when they stop the thing, they're just like, well, it ended and I made it this far and good on me for making it this far. And that's kind of where it ends. You know, mm-hmm. they're not like, okay, I'm going to try again tomorrow. And that's a big difference. I think between like at least the, the popular new year's resolution and, and maybe setting a goal that you give yourself permission. Hey, I'm going to fail, but I know I can pick up the next day and try again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, casting that seed, onto the same ground over and over again and expecting mm-hmm. different results. Mm-hmm. You know, so you yeah. have it you have it in your head that I want to do this, but that that's not gonna do it. Right? right? Do you it, have good soil? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are those things that we can do to cultivate, you know, good soil and get rid of the rocks or get rid of the thorns or mm-hmm. you know, just prepare it so we can go deep. Now you have a green thumb. Right. So I was also thinking we had a little competition in 2023. Yes. On which team member could grow the Would healthiest you call it plant. A competition. It was a competition. <laughs> okay. It was. Yeah. I, some of us took it pretty seriously. <laughs> That's right, Dave. You're right, actually. You took it more seriously than maybe, say, Cam, <laughs> whose plant died twice. I have a plant. <laughs> right. right. My point exactly. <laughs> so. We had varying degrees of success. Correct. Right. And I think, well, we'll talk about it as we unwrap the show, but your approach to horticulture was, went beyond just, um, 
my understanding of it, which is just to add water mm. you know, to the plant every once in a while. There's a lot more involved in growing a healthy plant than just adding water every once in a while. Yeah. Love that analogy. <laughs> so, let's welcome in David Locke and Maggie Wright. Good morning, friends. Good morning. Good morning. So, anything pop for you? Well, first of all, uh, David, tell us a little bit about yourself. You've, you've been on the cafe mm-hmm. before. You're a clinical counselor. Yep. At a Spirit of Peace Clinical Counseling. Mm-hmm. Yep. How long you been doing that? Uh, about a year and a half now. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 And Maggie Wright? Yep. I am a Metanoia Catholic life coach. Mm-hmm. So. Good. St. Francis de Sales yeah, in Newark. I also work there. That's my day job. In mm-hmm. St. John Chrysostom. Yeah, I go there. That's my parish. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, Maggie, let's start with you. Anything stand out? Oh, certainly. So, when I mean, whenever we're making goals and things like that, the first thing we have to ask ourselves is what, oh, I'm sorry, what vice are we trying to overcome? I think it's important when we're looking at virtue. Mm-hmm. A lot of my people were working on ter- temperance. Okay, for instance, and I think a lot of New What's Year's temperance? oh temperance, temperance is that beautiful um, being able to temper yourself, being able to, um, you know, choose what's good, to do things in moderation, to okay. you know, instead of the gluttony and you know the ill temperance that we have. So we a lot of people do New Year's resolutions because we are coming off of a season where we have been partying and we're right. going and we're having all the drink all and the, the food. food. And then it's like, okay, so now I'm going to make all these goals that are going to, you know, fix what I have just done to mm-hmm. myself. And especially in the health industry, a lot of people do that. You know, it's like, I'm going to on new year's day morph into an entirely new person. When I was looking at the scripture here, I was thinking, you know, those rocks, you know, that soil, you know, first of all, whatever virtue you're looking at, you know, temperance. Okay. So what is the vice that I've been here? What got me there? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not, if you're just going and you're saying, you know, I, I, I deal with a lot of weight loss clients, but if your, your goal is for the new year, you know, I want to lose, let's say 20 pounds. Okay. I got a gym membership. I've, you know, prepared all the food, all the things, you know, everything I do, I'm going to morph into this entirely new person. But hold on, what got you here to begin with? So let's start working on the thoughts mm. because there are thoughts behind what it is you're doing and the behavior you're trying to change. And until you really work on that and work out what got you here, you're not going to move. And the other thing that people do is they want to white knuckle themselves into this. You cannot white knuckle yourself. That's plagiarism. Okay. <laughs> you can seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's this idea nice. that I get to perfect myself. God has to be a part of all of this. Yes. So take whatever it is that you want to work on, take it to God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be. Yeah. So there's a lot of work, a lot of groundwork to get those seeds to grow. Your holder horticulture there, <laughs> which i kill plants too i am so not good at it. okay actually going along with this horticulture idea is so i'm from rancho cucamonga california and that actually means land of the many rocks so which i actually found out when i was trying to cultivate my backyard and plant things there first i had to dig up all the rocks and it mm-hmm. was extraneous work because i didn't have any soil in which to actually put my plants. There was way too many rocks. So 
found that one out. But yeah. Maggie, like you're saying, okay, first let's look at what's in the soil, what's there that needs to be uprooted. That is a fabulous analogy because if you're not taking a look at all the thoughts that gotten you where you're at and start plucking them and working them and bringing them to the Lord and going, really, do I, you know, if you're not putting on the mind of Christ and, you know, taking a look at where your thoughts are leading, you know, is it virtue, vice, what is it leading to? If you're not doing that and doing that work, that inner work, you're not going to have that good soil. David, jump in. Yeah, um, kind of to expand upon that, what strikes me about the parable is you need both to root out the things preventing you from pursuing a life of virtue, but also having soil grounded in something uh, positive, like you're saying there. And kind of what, what strikes me, we're t- kind of talking about goals. One thing I like to do with clients early on is kind of do a bit of a paradigm shift where we think not so much look at goals as our starting point, but look at values as our starting point. Oh. Um, and I kind of, uh, you know, goals are great, right? But the idea is that goals come out of our values, right? And one, one reason I explain that it's not so helpful to start with a goal is because oftentimes a goal, it's um, often kind of a finite thing that really doesn't satisfy us in the end, mm-hmm. right? And I think it also kind of gives us potentially, like we are talking about earlier, license to kind of quit when it's not working out the way we want because mm-hmm. we're just chasing after this goal and sometimes we can't necessarily control an exact outcome, but what we can control and find even more fulfilling is a value we're pursuing. We can always start to lean into that, right? Um, it's not just sort of this far off goal that we may or may not be able to reach right away, might be disappointed if we don't get it as fast as we want, but a value can be something inherently fulfilling. We can always kind of root ourselves in at every moment. What would be maybe some examples? Yeah, yeah. So um, a good example, so if we think about a goal, right, would be um, maybe like, um, losing a certain number of pounds, right? That would be a goal, mm-hmm. which is a great goal to have potentially. But, um, you know, it's that's as you know, it's a process for people. Maybe it doesn't play out the way they think. But maybe if the value is maybe um, honoring your health, you know, up, upholding the worth of, of your of your body, for example, right? Yep. Um, and just by the very act of exercising, you're living out that value in itself. And if you're focused on that, I think there can be something inherently fulfilling when you have that focus. Mm. Mm. So it sounds like there's a deeper root there than this mm-hmm. idea of, oh, I first I have this value mm-hmm. to put this foundation. And that's why my goal would hopefully be more, be more successful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And also, too, what's nice about values is you're never done with them. Mm, right yeah. which which it's kind of a bit of a paradox because they're inherently fulfilling but you could always keep leaning more you can never say okay like let's say your value is kindness or honesty okay i'm done i'm done with honesty i've accomplished it right you can never really say that there's always more room Check. to grow in virtue right yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah yeah but that's a good thing because living out values is a fulfilling thing so it's good that you're never done because you can always keep diving into them more and more yes actually this kind of gets to the idea of why I prefer more so practicing this perspective, especially when the New Year's comes around, just kind of reevaluating and what's my perspective going into this new year versus um, a New Year's resolution. Because, yeah, it's it's asking myself, where are my values? Where, who do I want to become? What, what am I honoring? And how can I continue propelling forward? That's what came to my mind also. Last year, I, I wanted to spend more focused time with the Lord. So to start my day, uh, you know, with a holy hour and, and just be with the Lord. Fine. Check. You know, I, I, I'm doing an hour there. I'm 
unfortunately, are 23 more hours in the day, right? And, and so where's my heart divided? You know, Lord created me a pure heart. If, if the rest of the day then is caught up in politics or social media or following your favorite sports team, yeah, I have an hour, but I, that, that's not what the Lord's calling us to. Mm. I, you mean like, it almost seems adulterous in in, in a way. Sure. You know, I say I love the Lord, but I'm going to have all these mistresses. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah, and um, and how, how do you undoing, get it back? Undoing some of the work that you did, yeah, that's a great point. So how do you approach? Mm-hmm. But that comes back around to being more focused on the on the values uh, yeah. on the virtues and just not on on that goal of having an hour mm-hmm. with the lord yeah yeah because it's what it's it, so if you're focused on the virtue if you're focused on um because i always ask my my clients what what do you want and why do you want it let's talk about that and let's bring that to god you know um so if you're focused on the virtue versus focused on the actual goal itself. Because I have women that will go get on this. I didn't lose any weight this week. Okay. Are you happier about your body? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, have you learned to respect your body, to respect this beautiful person that God has made you to be, your unique, beautiful design, you know? So let's work on the virtues that we need here and work on why we want to do this. You know, uh, one of the things that I say to myself every morning, and the way you talk to yourself, I think is important. You know, I am the daughter of the great king, and my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and I faithfully honor it. Mm. You know, in my thoughts, my words, my actions, and the way that I treat my body. That's very important to me because that brings me down to that value of knowing that I want my entire day, my entire being, everything that I do, to serve him because I love him and I know that he loves me. That's beautiful. Maggie, David, I want to say on this idea of the thoughts that you were talking about, because um, I I really do think that without those foundations of good thoughts, it Mm -hmm. it is going to be difficult to practice some of those virtues. Yeah, I, I love you talk about asking the why. I think even before starting a task that's centered on a value or a virtue, right? Like thinking like, why am I doing this? What's the value behind this? And kind of being mm-hmm. focused on that as you're doing it. Because especially if it's hard, it can be very difficult to per- to persevere in that unless you have that focus and uh, and kind of being centered on that that virtue. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times, you know, with with our thoughts, you know, we might... The, the thought may be, you know, somebody, a client might tell me the reason they want to lose weight is, you know, was because I want to look good. Okay, so let's 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 really talk about that. What is it you really desiring here? I think people need to understand what they desire, mm. you know, and bring that to the Lord. You know, in the end, she it was she desired to be loved, seen, and known. You know. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Well. Losing all that weight, once you lose that weight, which, you know, I've lost a tremendous amount of weight, you know, y'all know that, a whole person. Um, that doesn't stop. That doesn't create or fix that right there. Knowing him does. Mm. It's only him that can bring you to that. And a lot of times our thoughts, so we, we get these thoughts going on. And if they are condemning, 
they're not coming from God, you know. Oh, I really hate the way I look in the mirror. I look terrible. I look, you know, oh, that's just, that's, or I ate too much yesterday. What a terrible person I am. God does not talk to you that way. I'm sorry. You know, it's not the way he, if you hear those words in your head, mm, I'm sorry. You need to think about things the way that God talks to you with conviction. That's going to move you towards what is good, mm-hmm. what is true, and what is beautiful. Actually, Maggie, last time you were here, you gave us the Metanoia Catholic Journal, mm-hmm. which was an excellent gift. Thank you. I've I've popped in and out of it a couple times, and I've been enjoying where you take your thoughts captive and then yeah. take those thoughts to the Lord and ask him the truth. And that is transforming because I've noticed myself going back through the journal and just the, the the next day reading the previous days and ask and looking specifically at what has the Lord said and then rooting myself in those truths. And that is transforming because it gets rid of the lies mm-hmm. and it grounds me in the truth. Yeah. 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 It's a fabulous practice. Great examination of conscience too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's a fabulous practice to really be able to take, you know, you know, you have a, a husband that gets a little, agitated at his wife because you know she tells him you need to turn that down you know and so what he's hearing is she's telling me what to do well no maybe it's just that it's a little loud right now and she's trying to focus on something else maybe she could have said it a little better okay well we'll give him that but all she did was ask him to turn it down mm-hmm. so i get angry you know so what's the lord say about that she asked you to turn it down and what's the virtuous thing to do turn it down Clinical counselor David Locke and life coach Maggie Wright in the cafe with us this morning. And we're talking about resolutions, building habits, and growing in virtue. When when you're going back to Mark 4 with with the thorns, you have to know what the thorns are, right? And, and, and that's what you're talking about, really bringing it to prayer and recognizing if you're going to treat the soil, you have to know how to treat the soil and, and how to get at get at those problems can that be done um well through prayer but that where does that self-awareness really come from you know what i'm getting at so other chances are that there's more than one type of rock or a certain thorn. There's a lot of stuff going in there. So how, how do you even start at figuring out what do I value most? What's getting in the way? You mentioned examination of conscience. I mean, what are mm-hmm. some of the practical things that you can do to, to start transforming the mind? I think in terms of identifying those things, just, I think looking at the fruits, right? I mean, sometimes, um, one thing, for example, there's the, um, external thorns, right? Kind of the habits, the things that prevent us from, um, living the life we want to live, but also the internal thorns, the ways we get entangled with our thoughts and emotions, the way, the mean ways we talk to ourselves, things like that, or the Mm -hmm. way we try to like ruminate and problem solve, um, in a way that's unhelpful, right? Or we just get entangled with our emotions, try to like, you know, try to, for example, um, shame ourselves into not feeling certain ways or whatever it might be. Right. Um, 
And so one thing I like to start with clients on too, or work with them on is looking at those fruits. Like what's the cost benefit of, of these habits you're, you've fallen into, right? Mm. Cause we always do, we do things for some benefit, right? We don't do something for no reason. Right. But I think sometimes we lose sight of kind of what you're saying, almost like a values hierarchy, right? Um, yeah. Thank you. Like, yeah. like prioritizing, for example, being comfortable over being patient, maybe or being kind, whatever it might be, or whatever. So looking at those things and like, what are you running after through this habit, for example? And what would you rather be running after? What would, what value would you rather be pursuing? Hmm. When we approach that, thinking specifically of, of virtues and vices, do you start by looking at the vice, so a behavior, that you want to change or do you take a look at the virtue of this is a value I want or the life that I want or is it the both and both and I actually like to start with starting with the value um in fact a, a question I like to ask catholic uh um clients is what's the what's the saint version of yourself you envision mm -hmm. right what does that look like oh, that's good. yeah Ooh. yeah yeah and, and so like, what is that, what would that, well, how would that person act? What, what's their kind of relationship they have or their habits, right? The ways that they see themselves. And then we break it down in terms of, okay, what is that? What's that next step? So maybe, I mean, like I, I kind of said with values, you can never finish them. But let's say hypothetically, like you want to be at a 10, but you find yourself at a four, mm -hmm. right? So how do you get to like a 4.5, right? What's that next mm -hmm. concrete step mm -hmm. to lean into that same version of yourself, right? And that same version, it's not to kind of, make you feel bad that you're not there yet because that's a lifelong process that's okay it's more to have that sense of clarity of what is that really what's really important to me i yeah. like it, that 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 journey too comes out in chapter four of mark two with the mustard mm -hmm. seed mm. you know it doesn't come out as a, a giant bush to give shelter to the birds it, it yeah. starts as a seed and yeah. and then grows over time amanda yeah actually this reminds me of the conversation we had with the focus missionaries earlier this week and how they were talking about well what is the next step when you maybe invite someone into the life of christ and she was Anne was sharing with us well maybe the first step for someone is just coming to the chapel or maybe someone who's been walking with the Lord for a bit, maybe make the next step is making a daily commitment to prayer. And so I loved hearing kind of this meeting the person where they're at. And mm -hmm. I think we all got this sense of like, yeah, that's so right. And we should have compassion on each person like that. And what I'm hearing now in our conversation now is we have to do that with ourselves too. Like we need to have compassion with yeah. ourselves. Okay. What's just the next little step mm -hmm. that we can focus on? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting how we treat ourselves so differently. We yeah. treat other people, you know, like it's like, you know, you think about the thoughts you, you say, like you're talking about and like, would you ever talk to a friend like that? It's like, no, never. It's like, okay, why don't we, why don't we talk to ourselves that way? And also more fundamentally realize that uh, God is speaking to us with compassion and yeah. encouragement, you know, in those moments and helps us, it gives us the grace to take that next step and asking him for that grace. Is there something too that the weaknesses that we see in others are really manifested in us? So if I mm. if I see somebody as being impatient or unkind, I find that to be true sometimes. Yeah, or yeah, at least well, we might focus on those just because, and and even when we, you know, like if you if you do a lot of 
um, time and, and I think thought work is so important. I think that, and that's usually where I take people is why, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, this thing, you want this virtue and, and you're telling me that this is what you value. So let's, let's talk about what's stopping you. And, and, and then we need to know why it's stopping you. What, what are you thinking? You know, um, and, and what kind of emotion, you know, so you've got a woman that's heading to the refrigerator. She likes to, to snack all day long. So why? Why are you snacking? When you go to the refrigerator, ask yourself, why are you hungry? You know, and so what's really going on? We had to really look at this, you know, what's the emotion behind that? Because, you know, thoughts always bring about emotion, which bring about an action. And you really have to, to kind of discern that. And then where is this thought coming from? Because if it's a, if it's a, you know, if a woman is the reason she's walking in and she's eating is because she's trying to cover up a feeling of shame. Maybe it's boredom. Could be boredom too, you know, but it doesn't matter. But whatever it is that you're trying to cover, you know, with that, that action, you know, is that really what you want? Is it really what you want to think, you know? And then with the way that we talk to her about ourselves, you know, you know, those thoughts that we might have about our own selves or thoughts that come in even about other people. That's another thing that we mm-hmm. do. A lot of times it's because we see it in ourselves. We might start focusing on someone else, you know, and, you know, is this condemning? Is this convicting? Is this, or is this leading me to what is good, true and beautiful? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Dave, actually, when you ask the question, you know, is it true when we see something in someone else, is it in us? Or if we're bothered mm-hmm. by it, is it in us? I, I typically use that as a self-examination. Like if I'm mm-hmm. starting to get upset with someone or I don't like that, whatever they're doing or what, <laughs> yeah, whatever it may be that I'm being faced with in that other person, I'll, I don't always do this well, but I do try to take a step back and ask myself, okay, well, Maybe even if I don't struggle with that particular vice or whatever it is, in what ways do I struggle with it? Maybe it's not my dominant one, but there are for sure ways that I've fallen short. And how can I self-examine myself? Mm. We Self-examination and examination of conscience yeah. have, have come up now mm-hmm. a, a few times. The mm-hmm. catechism, uh, 1811, it's not easy for man wounded by sin to maintain moral balance Christ's gift of salvation offers us the grace necessary to persevere in the pursuit of the virtues. Everyone should always ask for this grace of light and strength, frequent the sacraments, cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and follow his calls to love what is good and shun evil. Mm-hmm. So our church gives us a path forward. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And... I was reminded of, uh, have you heard the story of the man caught in a flood that goes up to his roof and cries out to, to God, save me, you know, save me. And the rowboat comes, comes by and says, jump in. And he's like, no, God's, you know, God's going to take care of this. (laughs) Then a speedboat comes by coming on down, come on down. And now I have faith that God will take care of this. Then, uh, helicopter comes down drops a ladder and says climb up the ladder we'll rescue you no 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 god god will be here in a minute flood overtakes him he dies goes to meet the lord and lord why didn't you help me and god said i tried Mm -hmm. there's with all of these helpers that we have 
I would also include other other people that the Lord puts in our lives to help us along this journey. And, and sometimes, whether blinded by sin or so caught up in bad habits, we fail to recognize all the help that is available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it can be very powerful pursuing the good with somebody else, right? With 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 friends, for example. You know, yeah, absolutely. That's very that's very important. Yeah, and that's um. And I mean, spouses are wonderful for exposing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, so are children. Yeah, and ch- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But to to have that self awareness to pay attention uh, yeah. to what's being said. So we've talked a lot about the virtues and the vices, but we haven't been specific on on what the vices are, how they're defined, what the virtues are. Should we spend? Some time, and I'd love to have your insights, uh, uh, David Locke, Maggie Wright, on um, on what these virtues actually mean, and and what it means to stamp out a vice or, or grow in a particular virtue. Let's start with pride. I mean, and humility. I'm great at humility, so so, but I mean, but it's, it's worth bringing up. Yeah. Oh well, maybe we can start with just defining it as the Catechism states it. So, Perfect. The Catechism defines virtue in 1803. A virtue is a habit and a firm disposition to do the good. It allows the person not only to perform good acts, but give the best of himself. Mm. The the virtuous person tends towards the good with all his sensory and spiritual powers. He pursues the good and chooses it in concrete actions. The goal of the virtuous life is to become like God. And then in 1810, it, it talks more about, you know, with God's help. So. David and Maggie have, have you seen like what, what is the big vice? I can't, can you even look at it that way? I mean, is, is there something at the core of, each of us that kind of needs to be taken care of first? Um, A common... Well, I think it depends on you, your personality, your unique design, the vices that you might... I'm looking for the easy button here. (laughs) I know you want the easy button. I do. But it depends on you, you know, like... um, You know, perhaps you're a very choleric person, so you might fall into the vice of you know, you might fall into pride and anger. You know, anger is a a, a big one, you know. Um, so maybe that's where you're falling. So maybe if you're like a sanguine, you know, you're kind of, uh, you, you want to go into what is maybe a little more sloth, you know, whatever is easy and fun. Oh, yeah, we got to go there. We don't want to go to heart. We avoid temperance because temperance, ooh, you know. Um, so I do think that taking a look at you, and your unique design will help you find what you fall into. So it's different for everybody. I don't think that there's just one. You know, I no easy that, button, David. Know, I wish. No, no. <laughs> I, I will say though, I do think pride comes up in kind of pernicious ways sometimes mm-hmm. too, because I I really like the definition of pride that I've heard because the the root of the word the Latin I think it's like something like hummus I think which means earth. Mm. And I've mm-hmm. heard like the idea is that the idea that it's going to cross is that being humble. Sorry, that's that's for humility. Humble comes from the hummus. It's 
kind of the idea of being grounded in the truth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so um, people think, oh, prideful is like boasting about yourself, but there's a kind of, at least a way not be humble is to also degrade yourself like we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's kind of another way it kind of comes out in a way. And and so I see how finding that virtuous mean, as uh, as it said, in, in humility, right? Ground the truth of who I am. I'm dependent on God, but I'm also loved by him. You know, I think if we really lean into that and be grounded in that, that can actually do us a lot of good. Well, and I, I find that one vice that tends to go across the board is ungodly self-reliance. Mm. And I think that our culture kind of feeds into that Definitely. ungodly self-reliance. I can do all this myself. I don't need your help, Lord. You know, I don't need anybody's help. I, it's all about me. You know, mm. I get to new me, new year, new me, get to recreate me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the question, actually, Dave, you posed early in the conversation, and I think we're kind of coming back around to it, this idea of how do we become self-aware of what we need to work on? Mm-hmm. Um, I think recently in my own life, I have been paying more attention to how I react to things and what feelings and emotions I'm having in that moment, and then asking myself, well, where does that come from? And then getting to the root of, oh, like what, what vice am I struggling with here if this unruly emotion is coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So that's been helpful for me to start to find maybe some of the things that I struggle with. Yeah, that's like really important. Like I, I'll, I'll give you an example, real life example. I was sitting in a SLT meeting and somebody did something or said something that suddenly I'm feeling anger. And I take note of that. Whenever I the strong emotion shows up, I'm immediately like, mm, okay, let's write this down. Why do I feel this? And later I'm doing my work, you know? Why did I feel anger? What exactly? What are the facts? What did they say? And what did I make that mean? That that, you know, and what in me is is bubbling up here? You know, Lord, is this really where, you know, why is it because sometimes they're, you know, some emotions are morally neutral, okay? It's the thought behind them where they're leading us that make a big difference. So I have to really take a look at that, mm-hmm. you know. So. Actually, what I love about how you just described your process, Maggie, is you took note of it, but mm-hmm. then you approached yourself with this, oh, okay, why did that come up? Instead yeah. of critiquing yourself and being down on yourself, oh, I struggle with anger. This is so bad. I'm, I'm a bad person or whatever it is. It sounds like you approached yourself with, more curiosity and compassion and yeah because i mean we all struggle with vice mother angelica would tell this story about how she would you know make this resolution in the morning and talk to the lord about you know anger and come hell and high water she wasn't going to get angry and by nine o'clock hell and high water would show up i can so relate to her (laughs) (laughs) but where where the virtue comes in is when you're able to and and that's where that thought work you were talking earlier about you know um oh i can't remember how you said about kind of making the stick how do we you know you if you're constantly working on it constantly noting oh i felt anger why did i feel anger what's going on here all right lord let's talk about this um if you're constantly working on it the more that you do that the easier it is to start recognizing it I mean, there were there was a time when I would feel that anger and it was a power keg, like a strike ready match that went whoosh, you know, and people that know me will tell you that 
But now it's it's more tempered. It's oh, I've I noticed this in my body. I noticed this feeling in my body. Why do I feel this way? Okay, we're going to talk about this, Lord, because we have a saying in Metanoia Catholic: Do your own work. You got to do your What's own that? work. What, what? Do your own work. Okay. You know, do your own work. Um, we the thoughts that we have, all of these emotions, we think that they're in keeping with our own good. We do. We or, or it wouldn't happen. So do your own work. Go take a look at it. Bring it to the Lord. You know, let Him help you transform this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. David, have you found this approach in your own practice as yeah. counselor? Yeah, I really like how you explain kind of compassionately noticing what you're feeling instead of because what can happen, it's like our emotions, they just kind of take over. It's all we can mm-hmm. see. You know, I kind of imagine almost like a VR headset. It's like, all right, anger is just that's my whole world now, right? And we can even identify with in some unhealthy ways. Like even say things like, I'm just an angry person, if that's mm. the example yeah. to go with, you know? As opposed to saying, okay, this is an emotion I'm experiencing now, right? Um, and it's a kind of this idea that our emotions are not our masters, they're our servants, mm-hmm. right? And they're they're neutral, they just give us information, they're there. Yes. And, and we can decide what we wanna do with that, right? We can have that, that can be there, right? Right, That maybe mm. that's just there, but... Um, yeah, understanding, yeah, okay, like, what's going on there, and what am, how am I going to decide to live anyway, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing that we do is sometimes we will do things to cover that emotion, <laughs> okay? Because, you know, I'm bad because I feel that emotion, or I feel that, you know, whatever the, the emotion is. So we'll, we'll maybe reach into something else, you know, to try and cover that emotion instead of stopping and noticing it in your body. You know, it takes 90 seconds to process an emotion if you actually just let it process through. Mm-hmm. And then you can reason with yourself and go, okay, why was I angry? But to just, just actually notice, notice what's going on in your body and just let it, let it process through. Yeah. What do you think maybe are some of the dangers in, David, like you said, identifying yourself with the emotion, for instance, saying, I'm an angry person or mm-hmm. I'm bad? Yeah, I think it can really, um, it's it's kind of a fatalistic for, uh, idea, first of all. I think it's just, this is just the way I am. Like, um, I think temperaments, uh, understanding your temperament is helpful in the sense of knowing what where you're starting with, but it's unhelpful if you think, oh, it's just, that's just the way I am and I can't change. So I think that's an example of, of how that can be mm-hmm. unhelpful. I think also, too, I think when we get too wrapped up in our emotions, um, kind of not have a sense of awareness about them, they can end up really driving us, right? They kind of uh, drive the bus instead of us, them being kind of passengers on the bus, which is an, an analogy I like to use in that way. So I think, I like that. yeah, those are those are two dangers, I think, of mm-hmm. identifying too closely with our emotions in that way. Yep. I think it also gets to this idea of like, okay, that's actually not our identity and God didn't create us as an angry person. <laughs> actually, maybe that's just something I'm struggling with. Mm. And also we've been talking mm-hmm. about the importance of, how we think about ourselves, how we think and process things. And that's just not true. And we mm-hmm. have to root that out. Yep. Yeah. 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 Our emotions, they just come and go. We have pleasant, unpleasant emotions, but there's like, that doesn't change who we are at our core. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So uh, our bad habits though, can really become an identity. <laughs> of oh, course. Yeah. If, yeah. um, I, th- I think we see in, in culture an awful lot of outrage and mm-hmm. and anger and i think if you're caught up in this you kind of pursue 
those things to feed your outrage or to, to feed your anger. And rather than it's, it's not enough to say, I'm not going to be angry anymore. I'm not going to be outraged. I'm going to kind of strip, strip away some of these externals, but unless you replace it with a virtue, Mm-hmm. then you're just going to find that next thing to kind of feed the habit. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Going back to the parable, digging roots in, in, in the good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and with habits, we have to remember that some, sometimes we, we have to, when we're working on breaking a habit, okay, we have to remember that we have created this habit and we have to understand where it comes from. Sometimes it's no big deal, you know, um, I'm always um, eating at the sink. Well, it's something I always did with my mom. You know, I ate with the sink. Okay. Or, you know, um, I'm always drinking wine at dinner. You know, that's that's my habit. And I, I really want to stop drinking wine with dinner. Not that drinking wine with dinner is bad, guys, so just so you know. Um, but, <laughs> but maybe that's something. Maybe you have found that for you it's not a good thing. Okay. Um, or I'm drinking in excess. This is, you know, so understanding where the habit came from is one thing and remembering that we have built this habit over years it just not over overnight and that it takes time to break it you know it's like these little ruts that we have in our brain you know they're just used to doing it our brain has done what it's supposed to do it thinks it's doing something in keeping with our good it does going to the refrigerator overeating because it gives us a big pink you know it thinks it's doing something so then just working We have to work on developing better habits and maybe replacing it with something else, but start small, Mm. you know, not big, not, not, I'm going to, I've never exercised in my life and I'm going to go joining membership and I'm going to spend three hours in the gym every, every day. No, you're not. (laughs) 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 That'll end in one day. That's you morphing into somebody you're not. So what can you do? You know, when, when I started exercising, because I didn't exercise ever, ever, ever. Um, it, it was walking for five minutes a day and then it was, okay, so can I do 10 wall push-ups? I mean, really that was my extent of my fitness, you know, now I'm hanging off of bars and everything else. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a little different, but I had to work towards that small. When it's a means to the end, then at yeah. that point, your goal isn't and I, limited to I the, those exercise, yeah. um, targets. And circling back around to the beginning of this, I don't do this because I want to be, you know, or any of that. I do this because I want to treat my body with the same respect that the Lord asked me to treat my body. There is my value Mm. right there. Counselor David Locke, life coach Maggie Wright here in the cafe this morning with us. We're talking about growing in virtue and really human formation Mm -hmm. is, is at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. It, with this thought of rooting out bad habits, um, would you say, David, that you've found in practically, is it to replace it with a good habit, like you were saying, Maggie, or mm-hmm. or are there other practicals we should look at to help us root out some of these bad habits? Yeah, I think it's a combination. Um, knowing your limits, kind of going back to the humility part, maybe you just can't be in a certain environment, you know, and that's, that's mm. fair, right? If that's where you find yourself. But yeah, I think a big part of that is choosing, like, for example, an alternative way of reacting to somebody, right? Let's say if you, um, you know, 
for example, just uh, get like defensive during arguments? Maybe like, how can I be more actively, how can I more actively listen during those moments? Which is, mm -hmm. which is hard, granted, mm -hmm. but I think identifying alter alternative ways of reacting in certain circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So not only just, I'm going to stop doing this, but okay, how can I maybe replace yeah. it with something mm -hmm. healthier? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what can I do? Yep. You know, I love that question. I use that question a lot. So what can you do? Mm -hmm. yep. And then, and then as you're working, it, it really needs to be ridiculously easy because then it's kind of, you know, you're working with your brain and because if you make it too hard, then your brain's going, Oh, I'm never going to be able to do that. So it needs to be ridiculously easy. But then every day, you know, ask what can I do? 1% more. What's that 1% Lord that's going to help us work? You know, help, help me find something that can, I can do 1% more. Something you know? realistic. Realistic, <laughs> small. Before you know it, the small builds end up big. So, yeah. Also breaking it down to super concrete steps. Yes. Right? What, yes. Are, what are the specific, where do I need to go? What do I mm -hmm. need to specifically do to make this happen? Yes. Right? Yep. Yes, definitely. Actually, Cam, I think you were mentioning that the other day, right? Like the specific of, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to introduce a practice, it has to be also specific. Like what time am I going to start praying? Where am I going to start praying? Yeah, I practicals. Think, and I think mm -hmm. specifically, I, I have to attribute that more to my wife than anybody too. She uh, loves to work out. She gets a lot of rest from working out. I don't. Um, <laughs> I, I, I very specifically don't feel rested when I'm working out, right? Um, and, and we've been back and forth over this a number of times, and, and she's so good in that she pushes me to treat my body better in that way and, and want to do that all the time. And just recognizing that it's not enough for me to say, um, I'm going to work out today. <laughs> well, that's a great thought, Cam, right? You know, but, but that's all it is, is just yeah. a thought and, and maybe a great thought, but still just it stays up there until I do something about it. And so getting specific and especially for me when it came to like and i'm nowhere near i would say a habit of working out but building toward that um is getting specific means like okay i'm going to go on a two mile run and there's around the corner from my house if you run down through the neighborhood and back there's a stop sign at the very end and it's one mile there and one mile back and something that i do that i was like It'd be really easy for me to get a gym membership and to run on a treadmill, but then I wouldn't run two miles. Mm -hmm. If I run to the stop sign, I have to run two miles <laughs> because I made it a mile there and I felt mm. like giving up. But my, now my house is a mile away. Right? Yeah. So, so I guess I got to come back. And, and that was really helpful for me is getting to that specific of like, okay, I'm actually not going to choose to run on the treadmill because I know it's going to help me more to run this way. Mm -hmm. yeah. That knowledge of self is mm -hmm. good. <laughs> I think that that may be our takeaway um, from this hour is, is to have um, through prayer the, the passage that comes to me, Lord, uh, teach us to pray. Mm -hmm. um, so to bring it to the Lord um, and ask for that self-awareness, ask for uh, what we need to do to create good soil yep. so that we can grow in him. And, and bear fruit and enlist the help of a life coach, a counselor, a spouse, a friend to bring us to the self-awareness um, yeah. so that we can take 
those steps. And I, and, and I think to, to know that there's absolutely no reason to do it by yourself and that there are plenty of resources and plenty of mm, ways to yes. get help absolutely first and foremost through the Lord, but also to look for those places, those opportunities to, to work with others. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Anything I miss? No, I don't think so. I think you have a very good point, Dave. The, the community is very important. And I think it gets back to also this idea of, no, we can't grow in virtue without the Lord, but mm-hmm. also why would you want to try to do it by yourself? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and the Lord gives us people in our lives, right? To, to help us with that as well. Uh, a thought I have also just with bringing it back to the catechism, 1811, I want to read this line. Everyone should always ask for this grace of light and strength, frequent the sacraments, cooperate with the Holy Spirit and follow his call to love what is good and shun what is evil. And uh, I mean, yeah, we all know it's, it's the sacraments. It's God's grace. That's Mm -hmm. also going to help us. So first and foremost, being rooted in him, going to him, asking for the grace, which comes through the sacraments and then being supported by a community that can help us in that. Mm. Find the voice that brings you peace that brings you comfort, that that um, affirms you, for yeah. lack of a better word, that the voices that tear you down, that make you feel small, are are not the voices to pay attention to. If it, if any thought is condemning, if it feels heavy, you need to take note of that. You really do. You know, if it feels like it's pushing you down, it's not coming from God. Yeah. Listen to the voice of truth. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Final word, David? Yeah. And I would just, um, you know, encourage people not to be discouraged. You know, I like the phrase begin again every moment. You know, if, mm-hmm. even if we're pursuing a value and it's difficult, just say, okay, this moment I'll start anew. And just inviting God into that physical space you're in, right? And knowing that he's on your side, right? Yeah. Amen. David Locke, thank you very much. How can our friends find you? Yeah, um, we have our uh, Spirit of Peace Clinical Counseling. Um, it's uh, Spirit of Peace. You search there. Um, mm-hmm. Find us if, if you'd like. Yeah, Maggie? Yeah. Maggie, right? Uh, they can find me. Actually, they can find me at um, metanoiacatholic.com, but they can also find me at St. Francis de Sales. We're starting a made-for-more group. Um, Easy on, to find. Yeah, Sunday Amen. night. Coming up tomorrow, Todd Trion and Scott Muehlbauer from Catholic Men's Ministry. Thank you all for being with us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you tomorrow at 8.